It is such a joy to welcome you to Stonesdale Community Church this morning, and um, I'm going to be introducing a friend of mine this morning who's going to share with you some very exciting information, but more than that, a word from the Lord that also leads us toward transformation. And that's important, isn't it? That we go from the informational to the transformational, and that's what Christmas and, and uh, coming together each week really means. Um, I just am returning from a trip to the Anderson Genesis facility down in uh, Kentucky, the Creation Museum, and also the Ark Adventure. And I'm just uh, of the conviction even more in the next five years, I want everybody in our church to go through that at least one time in the next five years. You got to make it. All right. So it's, we're talking about biblical worldview and, um, and just the foundation for that and the, the whole uh, all of the museum and the Ark Adventure encounter and everything is angled that direction. And it will prepare you and your family and your kids um, to walk through and experience that in uh, 3D opportunities and special presentations and lots of wall signs and so on and so forth. So it's just really going to shape your worldview in an incredible way. And I got to go with uh, some kids that had gone, was able to attend every Sunday of the last 10 weeks of the AIG curriculum, and they were fantastic. You would have been so proud of those young people. Um, and so they just represented you so well, and they engaged, and uh, we had an incredible time. Uh, Twelve of us went down, met a couple other people there, uh, met us down there, uh, Jay and Sandy, and then we just had an incredible time going through those exhibits at Christmas time. So thank you so much. And some of you have attended those sessions here at our church. We want you to get there, all right? And it's the beginning of many, many good, good and great trips there. Um, and so we're really encouraged. One of the super opportunities that we have locally here this morning is to bring some of that into our community. And here's the thing. It's not just in our church, but there is a, a unique opportunity um, that Ben is going to tell you about this morning that allows for released teaching time, and he'll tell you, tell you more about that, what that is, but it allows for people who are attending public schools to have released time, study time during the day. They can go off-site and potentially have a character-building Bible study during the school day and then return to the school and complete their day. Isn't that incredible? And it's all written within the legal code, and it's happening uh, not just in... Uh, uh, well, it's in Ohio and other places, so it's not just in one state, but it's uh, just an interstate in terms of just it's all over, and God has given us an incredible opportunity to have that mission and vision represented here in our community. I am so excited about that. Uh, many of you are teachers in schools, you're administrators, you're bus drivers, food services, maintenance, custodial help. You have done an incredible job of making our schools what they are. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And here's an opportunity now for us to reach even in a greater way, not only through your diligent service and example, but an opportunity to see biblical worldview instilled in an ongoing curriculum uh, of the public schools in our area. Isn't that exciting? That's powerful. Well, we're going to hear that and much more. And would you be so kind to welcome Ben Rupert this morning? And I got a water for you, Ben. It's ice cold if you need some water, and, and I'll be uh, standing by uh, down here on the front row if you need me, okay?
Oh, whoa, what happened? <laughs> that scared me. <laughs> I didn't, okay, whew. I didn't really know. I didn't really know what that looked like. I just knew that God was calling me to step out and try to do something unique and, and take a step of faith. And so I, I stepped out to start this ministry, and we did that for a few years. And it didn't quite amount to what I thought it was going to be, but God had a plan like he always does. And that actually is what brought us out here. You see, the funny thing about it is it wasn't until we arrived in Auburn, Indiana, that my wife told me, she said, Ben, I never, ever would have left Northeast Ohio. Both of our families are there, our siblings are there, our relatives are there. And it took her living in the basement with her in-laws for a year and a half to get her to leave. And I don't know, so maybe that whole period was just to, to get her to be willing to come out here. But I firmly believe I'm in the place that I need to be right now. For three and a half years, I spent some time with the YMCA of DeKalb County as their mission director. They're rediscovering the C in the YMCA. And so my job was to help them figure that out. And it was there that I had um, somebody tell me about LifeWise Academy. But before we go there, I want to talk about something that are on my feet. You see, I'm not normally a person who would dress like this. I, I grew up on a small farm. Um, we, we meet in potatoes. I wear, you know, the, the most variance in my wardrobe was like shades of blue. Can I get an amen? Are there some guys out there like this? <laughs> it's like, oh, well, that's my bright blue shirt, not my dark blue. So that's really stretching myself out. Well, when I, <laughs> when I, I stepped into this role, um, I've always, you know, you take some things with you from each stage of life. Like, you know, I was a children's pastor, and one of the things I learned is like, man, these guys don't judge you at all. They just are interested in having a good time. They want to have fun. And so I learned that I, hey, it's kind of fun to be goofy. It's fun to, you know, laugh and, and play j games and tell terrible knock-knock jokes or dad jokes. And, and so I kind of, kind of rolled, that's rolled with me into all of my, you know, ministry roles after that. And when I stepped into LifeWise, I noticed one day that there was a man um, who does what I do in central Ohio, and he was giving a Devo at our annual summit in Van Wert, and there's 300 people there, and he had cool shoes on. I don't remember what he said, but I remember, like, he had cool shoes on. I'm like, you know, I want to wear cool shoes. I'm terrified to wear cool shoes. And then, and then this total, like, God moment, I'm reading, I'm reading Romans 10. I'm reading Romans 10, and look at that last line. It says, how beautiful are the feet of messengers who bring good news. And I know, I know that's, this is not what that means. I know that. But I was inspired out of total, total impulse buy. I get on Amazon and I think, what's the happiest color I can think of? Yellow. I don't know if it's the emojis that have gotten me to that point, but it was yellow. And so I searched like, yellow men's shoes and you would be blown away how few choices you have in yellow's men's shoes and so i impulse bought a pair of shoes two days later love amazon prime they show up on my doorstep 
And my kids and my wife are like, what is going on? My kids don't understand the meaning of a midlife crisis, but my wife does. Her, her dad dyed his hair orange, you know, when he was about my age. <laughs> and she's thinking, uh-oh, it's happening. <laughs> because I'm not that kind of guy. I'm not the guy who wears yellow shoes. And she said, the only way you're allowed to keep those is if you actually wear them. <sighs> I, hadn't thought, I hadn't really thought that far ahead. But I, I said, okay, okay. And so we, we devised what is the best moment that we can wear these yellow shoes. And, and there's a, a, maybe you guys have heard of his Global Leadership Summit. And so LifeWise Academy had a table there. And it was at Fort Wayne. And, and it was like, I'm going to wear my yellow shoes. I'm going to wear my yellow shoes. I'm building up. Well, I had a terrible time sleeping the night before. We're going to be there on this Thursday, and I wake up tired. You know what I'm talking You've been there before. You just, man, this is, this is going to be a long day. And so I get dressed, and I come downstairs, and I got khakis, black, and dark shoes on. And my whole family looks at me, and they're like, you promised. My little kids, my children were... They, they, were, they were like giving me the stink eye. And then my wife says, Ben, I think, so kind, I think if you wear them, you'll, you'll be happier. You'll just have energy because you know you have yellow shoes on. And so I actually went back upstairs, I changed, and I, I took another pair of shoes with me because I thought, if this goes bad, I'm switching. Lo and behold, I get there, and what she said was exactly right. And not only was it like that WWJD bracelet, you guys remember those? Not only was it that kind of reminder for me, you know, thinking of this verse, I had, it started a number of conversations. And guys, if you're at like the dating stage, women think they're cool. I I don't understand. It's like, oh yeah, those are neat. Those are awesome. Like, it's, it's unbelievable. But anyways, so there you go. There's the story behind the yellow shoes. You're getting to know me a little bit better. This is not, you know, always comfortable. I've been wearing them a lot. And I, I tell people, these are my good news shoes. You know, so if I have these on, it's in my mind that I'm out there to share the gospel of Jesus Christ because that's what brings us together. Now, there's biblical precedence for this kind of concept, including the what would Jesus do, and it might be a little bit of a stretch, but I don't think so. I think I can tie it in. I want you to look at Deuteronomy 6. Maybe you guys have seen this passage before, but I want to read it for you. It says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your might. And these words that I command you today shall be on your heart. Now pay close attention to this next part. You shall teach them diligently to your children and shall talk of them when you sit in your house and when you walk by the way and when you lie down and when you rise. You shall bind them as a sign on your hand and they shall be as frontlets between your eyes. You shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. When I was doing children's ministry, I, other translations, I believe they call that a phylactrophy. Hopefully I'm right there. Otherwise I just said a word. I don't know what it means. Um, but it was the thing that they, they put on their head. 
They would literally put scripture on their head. And so that's a biblical precedence for me in these good news shoes. It's that this is the thing. Maybe not everyone knows that, but in my heart, it is a constant reminder. And so here's the thing. Like, not only are we supposed to have that constant reminder, you know, things that, that we even wear, but the reality of what it's talking about is when should we be educating children? Always. Always. But always doesn't get the point across. So let's expand that and be very clear. Like, when you wake up, when you go to bed, when you walk somewhere, when you sit down, always. We should always be teaching our children the way they should go. And I believe this is true not just in the Old Testament. I believe this is true of what Jesus says as well. You guys have seen this verse. You've probably heard it quoted a lot. It says, let the little children come to me. Now, these are red letters, even though they're not red in the slide. This is Jesus. Let the little children come to me and do not hinder them. For the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. Truly, I tell you, anyone who will not receive the kingdom of God like a little child will never enter it. So not only is our children close to Jesus' heart, but he uses them as a model and an example of what do we call that? Childlike faith. And I know that in this room, you know, some of you probably came in. This happens to my family. You come in, you have a fight at, at home, on the home or in the car or something's not going well and, and your mind's in a thousand places. And, and maybe, maybe some of you in here, maybe that's not your story. Maybe you're trying to make a decision about life. Can I just encourage you? to step out in faith? Can I encourage you to, to trust God? Because I know that sometimes it feels like you're walking off a cliff and you don't know if he's going to catch you. But I'm telling you, I'm the guy who literally quit his great job, sold his home, moved into his, my parents' basement, my wife's in-law's basement with a brand newborn baby to pursue a ministry idea that didn't work out and then God asks me to do it again with this role. And I'm telling you, every single time I've trusted God and I've stepped out in faith, he's come through. Not the way I always thought it would happen, but he's come through. I think, I think God's heart is close to not just children, but God's children. That's you guys the people who've made Jesus their Lord and Savior. It's close to you guys as well. Have you ever wondered, have you ever wondered like how many people are worshiping Jesus and gathering and learning from God's word right now? I mean, it's, it's gotta be tens of thousands, maybe hundreds of thousands, I don't know, but there's a lot. And one of the things that's so powerful about this type of position that, that I just, am so blessed by is the fact that I get to see God working all over the place, all over Northeast Indiana. I get to hear the stories. I get to meet the community members, the congregation, the pastors, the elders, the leaders, and I get to hear what God is doing. And that is so encouraging. But you know what? There's an, a, a, an element of it that sometimes, man, it makes me sad because I'm the only one that gets to see that. I can tell you about it, but it's different when you're experiencing it. And I wonder sometimes, you know, when I stepped out to start that ministry I mentioned, you know what my goal was in that? 
It was just to help the body of Christ work together. I believe that's a, a, an idea, a, a concept that's close to God too. You guys know Jesus. Wait a second. Oh, I missed something. But I'll just tell you about it. <laughs> Those are my two oldest. And I had the pleasure of baptizing them a few weeks ago. Outside. You can't tell in that picture. But I have a vest on because it's freezing cold. And uh, so, so I know you guys have a baptism Sunday coming up. Um, it's definitely something you want to talk to your leadership about. This is what I was looking for. John 17. This is a prayer. Again, these are red letters. This is Jesus talking. And he's saying this right before he's going to go to the cross. And he says, my prayer is not for them alone. I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message. That all of them may be one, Father, just as you are in me and I am in you. May they also be in us so that the world may believe you have sent me. I have given them the glory that you gave me, that they may be one as we are one. I in them and you in me, so that they may be brought to complete unity. Then the world will know that you sent me and have loved them even as you have loved me. In other translations, it gives this idea that, that our unity is part of a strategy for the world to know Jesus is Lord. It actually says, so that. And that's the idea. You know, we're, I was talking about, you know, seeing the body of Christ. And, and so I have a heart, I have a passion. I believe we are united in the Holy Spirit even when we're not united in presence in a Sunday morning. We're united by God's spirit. But I also desire and believe that God wants to do something with the body of Christ together, you know, physically together. And so when I came to the why, I had this passion in my heart. And so I thought, okay, here I'm at this why. They're trying to rediscover the sea. You know, I'm, I'm meeting with pastors and we start a worship, worship time. Multiple churches, we're going to do three things together because these are the three things I, I thought we could do. We're going to sing to Jesus together. We're going to pray to Jesus together. And we're going to read God's word together. Not only did I think the church could do that together successfully, I believe those are some of the elements of a revival. And so we started this. We piloted it in the spring of 2019. And in the fall of 2019, we launched it. And it was going great. We had multiple churches, uh, a host church would lead, you know, but other churches would come and support and then we'd just rotate and we'd go through these churches and the number was growing. People were sticking around even when it wasn't their host church. And, and in December of 2019, we had over 130 people. And it was incredible. But you remember what happened in 2020. And it swooped in. And it crushed it. And then we tried to get it going again, and it just, we couldn't get it going again. We tried a couple, maybe three times, I know two for sure. We just could never get it back. And I was just like, God, what, what's going on? Like, like you put this in my heart, like, it, it's like working. And then, and then all of a sudden, it's just like, psh, it's done. 
but I still had that burden to see the body of Christ do something together. Something. And then my friend called me up and he, he said, hey, let's grab lunch. And I can still remember it. We were in the deli in Al- at the deli in Auburn. And we were sitting at this table with just two chairs. And he said, Ben, I want to tell you about something. He said, did you know that we can teach the Bible to public school kids during school hours? Did you know that we can teach the Bible to public school kids during school hours? And then he proceeded to tell me about LifeWise Academy. Let's watch that video. That's nearly 60% of the entire elementary school student body. The program hosts two classrooms each day, three times a day, five days a week, so that every student participates once each week. The LifeWise curriculum walks the students through the entire Bible during their time in elementary school. Students will start in Genesis in first grade and end their time in Revelation in fifth grade. Each lesson teaches a Bible story, explains how it connects to the bigger picture story of Jesus, and how God's love can transform our character. LifeWise programs like this are popping up all across the nation. Every LifeWise looks a little bit different. The only question is, what will a LifeWise look like in your community? It only takes one person to take one step to get the ball rolling. Visit LifeWiseAcademy.org to get started. So my friend, Brian, didn't have a fancy video, but he told me what 
that video just told you. And I thought to myself, this is, this is what I've been praying for. Not only is this match my experience as a children's and middle school pastor, this is something that the church can do together. This is it. And so God in his perfect timing shows up, like, can I get an amen? He shows up. And he helps me, you know, in a moment where I was just feeling a little blue. Isn't he good? And so I knew in that moment that I was going to engage in this. And I started as a kind of like a volunteer. We, we call them champions. And it's just, hey, we have this 10-step launch process. Let's get the ball rolling. Brian and I started going to work. And, and we started trying to figure this out. And LifeWise was, is still young, but they were really young then. And they're figuring out what does this all look like. And so did that for a year and a half. And then God told me, Ben, this isn't just for your three children. This is for children everywhere. And it was in that moment that I felt super convicted and called that I had to do something again that I was terrified to do, which was step out of what was comfortable. You see, we did that once, and it, and it moved us three hours away from our family. And my wife and I were both terrified that, that this could lead to another big transition. It took me three weeks to overcome that, and it took her three more weeks to overcome that. But we did it. And we got engaged, and for seven months, I've been a part of LifeWise Academy as a field rep. And what is that? I'm basically a messenger. And I get to tell people about release time religious instruction. How many of you guys have ever heard that? I wanna, if you've heard of that, raise your hand. I'm, I'm guessing that's less than 5% of this entire room. And so I feel very blessed. I, get, I tell people, I have... I get to share good news about how we can share the good news because most people don't even know this is an opportunity, which blows my mind because it's been around for over a hundred years and it started in Gary, Indiana. That's, that's not that far from here. Here's what happened. 1914, it started. By the mid-1940s, there were over 2 million students in over 2,000 schools across the U.S. receiving religious education. In the mid-1940s, some lawsuits started to roll in. In 1952, the Supreme Court that there ruled there are three things that keep this legal in the constitutional right of the people, they are, it's off school property, privately funded, and parents give permission. You stay within those three things and you are good to go. That was 1952, 70 years ago. Many programs continue to exist, but they started, some have, have lasted the test of time, but many of them have just fallen in, into nothing so much to the point now where we have an audience where only 5% of the people even know that this is an opportunity. Because they used to be around, and we did some research at LifeWise Academy, start, started asking the question, one, why isn't this everywhere? Uh, uh, two, 
you know, what do we need to do to get it everywhere? Well, they looked at an example of a place that was doing it really well. And I want to tell you the story of Van Wert, Ohio. This is where our flagship site is located. In 2012, they, they, somebody found out about this in the community and a group of them got together. They got approval from their school to move forward with this. They thought that they were going to get about 30% of the children engaged in this because about 30% of their children were in a church. By the end of year one, they had 60%. In three years, nearly 95% of the entire elementary was receiving a Bible education during school hours. And it began to transform their, their community, their churches, families. We, they, had, they had kids going into middle school saying, where's LifeWise? We want this. And so they expanded into middle school and into high school. And it just continued to grow. And they've maintained that participation since 2016 or 2015 since 2015. And so that community in 2018 said, man, we, we need to figure out how to get this into more communities. And that was the birth of LifeWise Academy. At that stage, they didn't necessarily know how to get it into more communities, but they partnered with an already existing organization that, that was going into public schools, giving a motivational speech during the school day and preaching the gospel at night by inviting children back to a concert. And so they partnered with that ministry called Stand for Truth and they formed LifeWise Academy. And they said, we wanna make sure that we adhere to some principles. And so on paper in 2018, they said the first thing, the number one thing, the most important thing that we need to make sure remains true of this organization is that we are going to be gospel-centered. We're going to be unapologetic about it. We're not going to sway away from it. We are going to plant our feet solidly here. And no matter what pushback we get, we will not move away from that. Because there are many character-type programs that have nothing to do with Jesus. We're not going to be that. We're going to be gospel-centered. We're going to focus on the death burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. The second thing they put on a piece of paper was, we're going to be character-focused. Why? Well, first off, we believe that Jesus transforms lives and therefore transforms character, so it fits. We also know that that's the language schools speak, so it fits there. And guess what? I have never come across a parent who doesn't want their child to be more respectful. So that's the language parents speak, and they understand. And so we put down character focus. We want to be local church driven. Well, what does that mean? That means LifeWise is not intending to come in and tell the local church what to do. We are a tool that the local church in a community can utilize. That's what we are. That's what that means. We want to be plug and play. We want to take as many of the obstacles out of this process as we possibly can. Because we recognize that one of the main reasons this isn't in every community across the nation is because it's a lot of work. You've got payroll, curriculum, teacher training, 
you know, 501c3. If you got payroll, you got to have donation processing. It's, it's a ministry. It's a lot of work. So we want to make that as easy as possible. Number five, we don't want to be contained just to Ohio. If we're going to do this, we're going to do it in such a way that we can scale nationwide. I'm happy to tell you right now we have programs in Ohio, Indiana, and Iowa. We're on target, so we will have programs to have, or we're on target to have programs in three more states, Pennsylvania, Kansas, and Wisconsin. We have conversations going on with communities in Tennessee, in North Carolina, in Florida, and those are the ones I know off the top of my head. We're for the nation. We are going to, we are hoping to spread this. We want to see a revival. We want to see a revival, not through LifeWise Academy, but through the children that are getting God's word in their hearts and minds and will change the nation we live in. We're for the nation. And, and last, lastly, but this is very important, is we believe we serve the king of the universe and we're going to be representing him in a public sphere. So we're going to do it with excellence. We're going to hold ourselves to the highest standards because we want the outside world looking in to say, wow, these people really care about what they're doing. So we're going to do it with excellence. And so it's easy to put something on paper. It's difficult to make a reality. But it's become a reality. 2018, they started with two schools. Five, eight, blew up in 36, and it's off the charts this year. I'm excited to tell you guys that Garrett is going to have a program this spring. Northern Wells is going to have a program in a few weeks in January. Right now, Whitley County Schools has a, a program with first and second graders. God is doing some incredible things. Most of those schools, probably I would say about 95 of them, are in Ohio where it started. But it's breaking into Indiana. There's two live already out in western Indiana. Of course, two, a couple in Iowa, I believe, as well. So it is growing like crazy. We believe by the end of this, this school year, you know, this right now, by spring, we will have over 125 schools live. And we have a lot in the pipeline to see that growth happen again next year. Why? Honestly, I've met our CEO. He's great. He's a goofball, but he ain't anything special. I've met the board. Same story. They're just normal people. I believe God is moving. That's why I'm a part of this. And I believe it's moving because it's a strategy that the church can employ together to reach the next generation and children are close to his heart. But not only are we experiencing growth numerically, as I mentioned in Van Wert, but this is true of other communities too, it is transforming homes through the children. I wanna show you this video. This is the story of Christian out of New Albany, Ohio near Columbus. Near Columbus. So we got the flyer in the mail, and I'd never heard of like a Bible-based program, and I just felt like it cannot hurt. Christian 
was brand new to even the word Bible. Christian was very interested in where church was and what it was. So Christian didn't grow up in church, but he's kind of always had this hunger. He was in LifeWise and he was coming home and telling me stories, so excited about it. His favorite part of the day and he's like, I wanna go to church and I'm like, Okay. And Mrs. Romer reached out to me and was like, hey, I just wanted to invite you and your family to church. This was around like September of 2021. And we went and we loved it. And so now we're regularly attending that church. Sure enough, they end up coming to our church and God's doing some really cool things in their family, but then also uh, their son, Christian, uh, he's having a big impact. I talked all about Jesus and how he paid the price for our sins and now we can, our relationship with God is restored because of his death on the cross. So, and that was kind of how I ended it. Well, I walk away and this boy named Christian um, brings over a small group leader and he wants to talk with me. He comes up to me and he's like, Mr. Mark, um, I just, I, you know, I heard what you talked about and I just want to make sure you know that Jesus rose again. Did you know that? Like three days later, he, he rose and he's alive. And I said, Christian, I was like, yes, I did know that. And I'm so excited that you know that. I mean, really, it's, it's changed the life of our whole family. We're going to church every Sunday. You know, Christian gave his life to God in his last day of life-wise. He needed somebody to pay for our sins, so he let it, God let it, him live a long life, and then he had to die because he had to pay. Um, he had to, somebody had to die for our sins. You know, to think if I hadn't signed him up, I don't even know what our lives would look like. And like our story, it might not just be you know 20 minutes in a classroom. It might lead somebody to a church and change a whole household. That never gets old. And I get to hear stories like that a lot. It never gets old. You know, I don't know if you picked up on it, but she said something at the beginning of that video. She said, we got this thing in the mail, and I thought, what could it hurt? What could it hurt? As an audience of people who love Jesus, I want to ask a different question, very similar. What could it do? What could it do for your community? What could it do for the children that don't have the hope of Jesus in their life? You know, sometimes I think we forget we live in a post-Christian culture. This is just out of Waterloo. A pastor friend of mine is volunteering in his son's first grade class and a little girl comes up to him and says, do you work here? And he said, no, I'm just a volunteer. And she's like, well, what do you do? He says, well, I'm a pastor. And she's dumbfounded, doesn't know what that is. And he thinks, okay, I'll, I'll explain this differently. I tell people about Jesus, I'm a Christian. What? Who's that? He's, like, he's caught off guard now. And he says, well, well I, I work at a church. Clueless. First grade girl, doesn't have context for a pastor, Christian, Jesus, or church. 
We live in a post-Christian culture. And the question I asked, I had to ask myself, if I'm not going to do anything about it, who will? Who's going to tell children about Jesus? It's not the norm anymore. Who's going to share the gospel with them? I know that there's a lot of great families with great parents, but I'm telling you, this is in DeKalb County. This is in Waterloo, Indiana. This is one of the most conservative areas in the nation. And if it's here, it's worse everywhere else. It's not just about knowing the name of Jesus. It's about giving these children the hope of Jesus. A friend of mine is a jail chaplain, and he was doing his duties, and there was a 21-year-old man locked up on drug charges. And he had just gotten off the phone with his mother, and he was an emotional mess. And this is what he said to my friend. Doesn't she remember that she's the one that introduced me to meth when I was eight? Rejected and abandoned by a mom who introduced him to drugs when he was eight years old. You know, I have a nine, seven, and five-year-old. That's like second grade. This is DeKalb County. It's happening here, I guarantee you. And if you start to talk to people in that type of ministry work, you're going to hear these stories again and again and again and again and again. And the question I ask is, who's giving that kid hope of something different? The same day I heard that, the, <laughs> a coworker of mine said, that's my story. What? I don't know where I've been or what bubble I've lived in or rock I'm under, but it, the, the, it blew me away. It's that day changed my life. She said, yeah, that's my story. My mom asked me if I wanted to get high when I was 12. And she said, the only reason I didn't was because my neighbor had invited me to youth group, and I knew if I got high, I couldn't go. And so I chose youth group instead of getting high. And she spent her middle school and high school years sleeping on the couches of her friends and neighbors because both of her parents were drug abusers. You see the difference in the stories? I hear them the same day, but we have one that has a glimmer of hope and one that is hopeless. Remember that verse I showed you in Romans 10? How beautiful are the feet of messengers who bring good news. Did you happen to read the first part of it? How can a person believe unless someone tells them? They can't. And so I say, let's deliver hope. Let's at least give them a knowledge. It doesn't mean that they're going to accept that. At a young age, the, the co-worker of mine, she didn't become a Christian until she was in her 20s. But it gave her an option. We need to give children an option. They need to know that our God slays giants. They need to know that he parts waters, that he raises 
people from the dead and that he loves them and wants to give them a transformed life. That he wants to give them a meaning and a purpose. And that it doesn't matter how difficult the situation they are in, he is going to be there to be with them. That they can pray to a God who does miracles. See, what could it do? What could it do? What does the hope of Jesus do? It changes us. And it gives us a promise of eternity forever. And I don't know about you, but I know one thing. I'm going to have a level of boldness that I've never had before. I'm going to wear yellow shoes. I'm going to go talk to people. I don't care who they are. And I'm going to tell them that I think this is the biggest opportunity of the church, Big C Church, Body of Christ today. The biggest opportunity of the Body of Christ today to rally together and to change our communities by influencing our children with the gospel. Here's how you can get engaged. I know that not all of you probably live in this school district. That's okay. Regardless of where you're at, if this is something that you want to support, you can show that by getting online or I have papers in the back and I'll be in the back to answer questions and explain this more if you're interested, is to show your support by signing the community interest list. That is step one in a 10-step launch process that communities utilize to get a LifeWise Academy going. Right now we have 42 signatures in, in uh, West Noble. Central Noble's a little farther in the process, but they need people to step up and lead and invest time into organizing and developing a plan. But right now in this school district, we just need eight more signatures and then we'll hold a kickoff meeting. And it'll be informative, There'll be a lot of Q&A time, and it'll be a great opportunity for people to say, okay, here's what assets I can bring to the table. Here's how I can help make this a reality. And from that meeting, we'll try to form a steering committee. But in order to get to that step, we got to start with step one. We're very strict about not skipping steps. We want to go in order. And that's what my challenge to you today is. I'll tell you one more thing, and then I'm going to pray. And I'll meet you in the back. When I come daily, but especially when I get an opportunity to speak to a congregation, I pray that God would convict some hearts in here. You know, I recognize that there are tremendous ministries, that many of you are engaged in great things, and I want all of those to continue to happen. But I also believe God has prepared good works in advance for us to do. And so if this is a good work that is supposed to happen here today in this community, that he's preparing people to make that happen. And so I pray that God would prick their heart and that they would engage in this with their giftings in the way that they feel compelled to do. So if that's you, more than just 
the community interest list, please come find me at the end of the service. Let's pray. God, I thank you so much for you. I thank you for an opportunity to be here and share. I thank you for what you're going to do in the lives of these children. I thank you for the hope that you've given us. And Father, I pray that we would not sit on our hands. I pray that we would rise up in courage and faith and do the thing that you're asking us to do. Whether that's something with LifeWise or something else, I pray that you would not allow us to be idle, but you would stir us into action. We love you, Jesus. It's in your name we pray. about you but there's just a, a settled sense of conviction yes 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 see a biblical worldview extends beyond just our congregation those little guys and gals are trying to answer the same questions that everybody else is trying to answer how did I get here where did I come from what went wrong what's God doing to fix it how does it all resolve does my family get to be together? This is deeper evangelism. It's deeper. It's foundational. And that's what's so exciting about it. A biblical worldview church is not just for our church. It is for the community. Because you are in a position to answer those questions better than anybody else in the world. And when those little guys have those questions answered from a biblical perspective, it is so much easier to say yes to Jesus. If you know where you came from, what went wrong, what God is doing to fix it, where, how it all resolves, oh, yes, thank you, God, for giving me clarity. Yes, I want Jesus. So much easier. Uh, being used to praise, it's not that far from here. Gary, Indiana is not that far from here. Van Wert, Ohio is not that far from here. Northern Wells is not that far from here. The schools in our community are not that far from here. It's not that far from here. They're small steps. Small, revolutionary steps that can be taken to transform, revitalize, and revive an entire community. And God loves to work in countercultural ways. And sometimes he bypasses all the big, prideful intellects of adults. And he brings the truth in the back door and says, hey, here you go great opportunity church it's a great opportunity let's pray that God would just guide us and direct us in our next steps and if, if you feel the touch and tug on your shoulder today just go be among those to sign the interest list and 
have a conversation with them, and let's see what God might do here in our community, shall we? Let's pray. Father, thank you so much. And it isn't that far from here. And we just think this morning that as we just call out on your name, that you would give clarity and direction and vision. And all to see the beauty of the gospel, the happiness of those feet, whether they're white or yellow or black or brown, all the joy of those feet, whether they're heels or flat bottoms, the joy of those feet, of those who bear good news. And I pray, God, that as we take our steps from this place today, as we live our lives and walk our walk and talk our talk, that, oh, God, that you would touch our hearts and you would minister to us and you would, you would not just help us to see an opportunity. No, no, that the calling would choose us, that your next step would choose us. We don't choose it. You choose us. And I just have this sense of chosenness, God. You're calling us. And I ask and pray that we will respond and we would do so for the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ. We ask all these things. Amen. Will you stand with me? Next week, we're going to have a baptism. I'm going to do another orientation session uh, next Sunday. 845. If you missed baptism orientation this week, just come next week. Only thing I would ask is you bring your, your gear and your towel and everything next week as well because you're going to be baptized the same day. Okay? So another orientation next week at 845. Jesus loves you and so do I. Hold your head up high. Chest out. Offer some hugs and the joy of the Lord to each other today because he is alive. Amen. You're dismissed.